2: From deep in the bowels of the USS Cerritos, welcome listeners, cadets, junior officers, and all-around non-coms to the podcast that barely goes where any podcast has gone before. What are Boimler, Mariner, Tendy, and Rutherford up to this week? Well, let's find out. My name is Dan Davidson, and this is Discovering Trek: Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek Lower Decks, presented by Fansets. Each week, we're going to break down the latest Lower Decks episode and have a whole lot of fun doing it. We like to consider ourselves the finest waste extraction team on the USS Cerritos, because when we aren't cleaning it up, we are certainly dishing it out. And uh, just who might my crew members be, you may ask? Well, let's bring them on right now. First up, you can hear her right here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network as one of the co-hosts of the wildly popular Rewind, The Hot Mess, Star Trek podcast. And she has recently been named the official embroidery expert for Trek Geeks. She is a lovely and talented Sarah. Welcome aboard, Sarah. How are (laughs) you?
0: Bonjour! I am taranted and talented, apparently. Wow,
2: taranted. taranted. yes You know, you know you're going to have screwed up words when uh, Dan's on a podcast, so thank you for pointing that out to our millions <laughs> of adoring fans, or the dozen or so that we might have. My Next pleasure. up, anyway, uh, he is a longtime friend and producer of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. His voice may grate on you, but trust me, you'll get used to it after a couple of years. Uh, he is the beautiful and vivacious Casey Shasky. Hey, Casey. Hey there, how are you? Wow, that's grating. Thank you very much. I'm going to have to fix that one on the old edit. <laughs> how you doing, man? I, I can give it to you again. <laughs> no, we're good. Thank you, thank you. Okay, um. sorry about that. <laughs> and finally, you know, this guy needs no introduction. He is the executive producer and co-host on the Trek Geeks podcast. And as always, he is my brother in Trek, my dear friend, and someone you never want to get drunk with. He is Bill Smith. Hey, buddy,
3: how you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, buddy. That is actually true. You do not want to get drunk. You don't want to get drunk with me. No. Uh Because um, (laughs) it's going to wind up like Hangover 4. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I,
2: oh! I, that's not good. That's not good. No. I've
3: gotten drunk with
2: you, and believe me, <laughs> nobody wants to have to live through that like I did. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. very true. It's uh, it's great to have everybody here. Week two of Lower Decks is in the is in the books. Uh, Envoys. It was a lot of fun. We're going to get into some great discussion. Um, and Bill, before you dazzle us with the patented Discovering Trek six sentence recap, why don't you remind everyone how they can make first contact about? Envoys and lower decks.
3: Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. On both Twitter and Facebook, you can find us at Discovering Trek. In both of those places, you can leave us comments, questions, or even tell us what your ideal lower decks job would be aboard the Cerritos. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by going to our website at trekgeeks.com and clicking on the giant blue button. But please do remember, though, that any comments you leave us could be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. Damn.
2: Whoa. Okay. Thank you, Mr. American Express Boy. Black Alert. Black Alert. From here on in, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched Episode 2 of Star Trek Lower Decks, stop listening right now Head on over to CBS All Access or wherever you watch Lower Decks. Watch the episode, then head back on over to Discovering Trek. Otherwise, you run the risk of finding out plot developments and character details for Envoys. It's time for the best recap in the galaxy. It's the six-sentence recap starring the one and only Bill Smith. Six sentences, Bill,
3: starting now. Go. And action. Okay, here we go. Mariner and Boimler transport a Klingon general to a conference. Rutherford looks for a new job to spend some time with Tendi so he doesn't have to spend as much time in the Jefferies tubes. The Klingon general steals the shuttlecraft, stranding Boimler and Mariner, and they go on a search for him, encountering lots of aliens and lots of problems. Rutherford tries out a whole lot of new jobs, none of which bring him the joy of the tubes, and I swear that's not dirty. (laughs) Mariner helps Boimler realize he's cut out for Starfleet. Rutherford returns to his real passion, engineering, and spends some time with Tendi in the tubes. There we go. That's six. Wow, you can count, and you did it.
1: I'm very impressed.
3: <laughs> oh, thanks, Casey.
0: Nice job, Bill. I'm a little bummed we didn't get a bonus seventh sentence like last week, but I won't hold it against you this time. So, you've been warned. Ooh,
3: thank you. Next thank you. up,
0: right. it's time to hit on all the references in the episode to other tracks. point out Easter eggs, and all around other cool things. It's Casey's Cornea Corner. Casey, please, take it away.
3: Would you look at that?
1: <laughs> Why, thank you, Sarah. Gosh, this week we had energy beings, Bajorans, Borgs, Blast Shields, Andorian Blades, and Boimler, almost banging. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that one. I didn't either. I didn't either. <laughs> That's why I don't give you my copy beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> well, we start off, where you know, we see an energy being entering the Cerritos. And, hey, maybe this is a reference to... TNG's the child, maybe mm-hmm. TOS Day the Dove. Who knows? Uh, we find out that Mariner has no problem bully- bullying a <laughs> creature that we don't know a lot about to get herself some cool swag. When we're cruising in, the being flies into Captain Freeman, Captain Freeman, as she's walking down the corridor, and it screams, "Die, mortal!" Is this some mm. foreshadowing? Does it mean anything? Because then we don't hear anything else about the energy being through this episode. We've got the return of the TNG dress uniform. I hate that uniform. I just <laughs> hate it. It's uh. And we also find out that some Klingons have matching luggage. <laughs> Mariner inside the shuttlecraft is on her third of four bowls of ramen, easily getting 135% of the daily value of sodium. Ah. <laughs> And did you know that in 1958, Momofuku Ando invented instant noodles? Huh. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> Fun fact. Hey, I, 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 don't screw with Momofuku. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the value we're adding here on Discovering Trek is just amazing. Educational show, baby. Woo! We cruised through what looked to me
1: like a mammoth engineering section. That, oh, it was amazing. That yeah. impressed me far more than any TNG set did. I looked at that and go, yeah, that looks like something that is quite impressive and would power a starship. Mariner dreams of Khan and soft Corinthian leather. And it was awesome dreams. Hmm. We, <laughs> 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 we meet General Corinne. Now, is this the one-eyed Klingon Mariner mentioned in episode one? I Maybe. That. I don't know. I got a feeling, though, Klingon optometrists are in demand and making bank because oh. of all the stabby-stabby-sharpy-sharpy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we find out that Mariner gets four weeks of shore leave on the Cerritos. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, we get to visit little Kronos, little Andoria, little Riza. <laughs> And meet a ton of different aliens that we've seen all over the place. Apparently, Section 31 speedwalks
3: everywhere. (laughs) Because it looks so damn cool. (laughs) That that explains why Sloan always looks so fit. (laughs) Doesn't
1: it? It does. We get Lurians, Mornthite creature from DS9. Aurelians from TAS, Kalons from TNG, Andorians from TOS. We get a Vendorian shapeshifter from TAS. Ferengi, a taxor. We maybe get Rockman from Trek 5, the best part of that movie. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, Then also, you know, we get to see a lot of different stuff of weaponry. That is from TOS all the way on. I, I dug the Andorian ice miners Blade, that yeah. just looks yep. like you're going to be gutting fish any second now. <laughs> and then at the very end, well, co- close to the end, we get kind of a sad reference that I thought was from Boimler to DS9's The Sound of Her Voice.
2: That was awesome. Yes. I really like that, yep.
1: And I, I found this episode to be pretty pretty emotional in callbacks that it was bringing into things that we saw.
3: Mm-hmm. Did I, I you have guys a cl- see... I, say, else? I have a quick question, so was the the energy being you know the one that want, that was gonna make a feast of their misery, which is a which I love that line by the way um was the energy being responsible for its warp time
2: <laughs> it could be i mean it it is now in the captain, it's like die mortal. <laughs> I was just—I was a little concerned that it pooped out a tricorder. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and,
3: and a battery, and a battery,
2: can't forget the battery. battery. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And the tricorder was square. That had to hurt. It purple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's,
1: it's Casey. One of the things that I liked
2: about—um—One of the things I caught, which I thought was really great, and when we talked to—we talked to Mike McMahon uh, earlier this week, and he talked about how the episode Lower Decks and TNG was really what fuels this this show and at one point mariner and the klingon are talking about the adventures they had on the planet jaxa and i had to wonder if that was some kind of reference to cedo jaxa from uh, from that episode who gave her life to uh help yeah. uh, with the um with the mission that the, that she was on i thought that was really cool um and i like to think that it was so that's just me mm-hmm. i think you're right that makes I do total too. sense oh, that'll be it thank you that happens every once in a while Anything else? What did you guys catch? You catch anything specific, Sarah, that uh, Casey didn't mention yet?
0: No, but I was watching it again today for the third time, and I was, like, desperately, like, pausing and looking to see if I could find anything that would really be rare. But I didn't. Everything that um, Casey tashed, uh, touched on was stuff that I saw. So it's fun, though. It's like a puzzle. I like it.
2: It is. It is like it? a puzzle. Yeah. What about you, Bill? Anything interesting?
3: I, well, I, I love that among the alien species we see. I mean, of course, there's a Ferengi, which looks a little more TNG season one than, say, Quark mm-hmm. season seven. Yep. Um, but we get a Kaylon. Uh, the alien race right. from the TNG episode Half a Life. Yeah. They're supposed to be, you know, notoriously isolationist and, and maybe borderline xenophobic to some degree. Um, but, you know, he's, he's just sort of kicking around there I mean I I never would have thought that we'd ever see that race again mm-hmm. of course the the k we saw uh, originally played by David Ogden Stiers and of course won uh, by Michelle Forbes right so um, a great great deep cut alien which makes me happy
2: one of the things that I thought was really cool about the Ferengi is when he was pretending to be a bad guy, mm. he had the season one TNG look with the fingers yeah. and the humon. Mm. But then when he was talking to Mariner on the pad, he was more quirkish in terms of how they had evolved with Deep Space Nine. He had yeah. the, the nice outfit on and he had a, uh, a monocle, monocle and all yeah. that yeah. stuff. Yeah, He's the Monopoly cool. man.
0: <laughs> That's it. Really? There's so much wow. eye reference in this episode. I didn't see that coming.
2: I think that is the second reference to Ace Ventura we've had in just a couple of weeks. So it really
1: cool. is. righty <laughs>
2: then. That's pretty good.
1: <laughs> I dig that Bill caught another MASH reference. So it's two
2: for two, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Casey. Full of stuff this week on the corner. Oh, I'm full of it. Hmm.
1: Folks, we want to take a moment to give a big shout out to our dear friends over at Fansits. As always, they are the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek, and as always, they are hard at work to bring you the latest and greatest pins to add to your collections.
0: As you all know by now, when it comes to the highest quality of products and customer service, you don't need to look any further than fansets. Lou, John, and the entire fansets crew are fans, so they know that their product and service has to be the best of the best, and it is!
2: You know, it really is, Sarah, and their latest batch of new releases are really just awesome. And I'm not just talking about Star Trek either. Oh, no, no, no. Brand new this week is the awesome-looking Batcopter from their new Batman 66 collection. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) The Huntress joins the very popular DC (gasps) Bombshells collection. Yes, Deathstroke and The Question are now available for you DC Comics fans. And Admiral Nelson, from Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, has joined the ranks of the Irwin Allen Collection. That is a deep cut right there. But for us Star Trek fans, we are so excited to welcome Mako Soldier Major Hayes, as well as, get this, the full-size Voyager slash DS9 Delta Com Badge. This one is gorgeous, folks, and you will want to get this one before it sells out. But just remember, these Deltas are pins and not intended for cosplay.
3: That is a great list of new releases, Dan. And even better is that our friends at Fansets have a great offer for Discovering Trek listeners. So, listen up. If you would like to save 15% off your entire order at fansets.com, enter the special discount code LOWERDEX at checkout. That's LOWERDEX in all capital letters with no spaces for some great savings. And, of course, don't forget, if you spend $30 or more, you're going to get free shipping at fansets.com.
0: Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek.
3: Next up, it's time for us to sit back and listen to Sarah as she records her Ensign's log. Um, We'd like to think that she brings uh, some actual intelligence and and an intellectual Mm. quality to this particular part of the podcast, given the rest of us. Amen. Um, I mean, after all, where else are you going to get a fantastic quote of the week, as well as thoughts from the absolute smartest member of this Lower Decks crew? So Sarah, it's all up to you. No pressure.
0: Nope, not happening.
3: <laughs> I,
0: I refuse. I am here to have fun and to talk about some really good quotes.
2: Space, the final frontier.
3: Because it was no longer Starfleet. So this is a huge victory for the good guys.
2: You know, I'm really easy to get along
0: with
3: most of the time.
2: But I don't like bullies and I don't like threats. And I don't
0: like you. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name Enterprise. Hit it. Once again, I didn't pick one. I picked multiple because this show is killing it with the one-liners. It is so funny. And it's funnier mm-hmm. than I even anticipated it to be. I knew it was going to be a comedy and there was going to be some laughs. But I am like busting a gut. So here are some of my favorites. And let's discuss. We have Boimler. We're like the same age. Back in what day?
3: (laughs) I love that when he
0: is talking to Mariner and how she's got this whole history with the Klingons and all these battles she's been on. I mean, it just gives it's such a simple sentence. that gives you a really good view into that total difference between the two of them. How he's book smart, she's street smart, and she's got this whole life where she's just been doing all these things. And he's like, what? Where was I like, <laughs> dude, it's just so good. We also have another great line by Boimler It's to conserve energy. Section 31 does this. Now we yes. already talked about this, but I just thought that was a great, <laughs> great little line and kind of maybe a wink and a nod saying, can we have this in the section 31 show, please? <laughs> like who wouldn't want to see Michelle Yeoh, like power walking, like Olympic style with the hips and the arms, like oh, taking man. care of business. We're going the same speed. Like, I just love that. <laughs> oh. And then we had the ensign screaming out, all the ship's children have been ejected into space.
2: What a great reference to that kid oh. episodes never work in Star Trek.
0: Exactly. I wanted to quote every single line she said where it started off with the kindergartners and then on to the next ones. I thought that was just... That was so clever and then the fact that that's never happened in a thousand different simulations (laughs) just goes to show that Rutherford was not necessarily meant to be in that area. Yeah. but he may have been meant to be in security because we had the Smorgasborg oh. computer initiate combat simulation smorgasborg. as soon as i heard that i was like i want the t-shirt i want the i want the <laughs> plate set i want the lamp i want everything that's got smorgasborg on it i thought that was such a great play on words and yeah. lastly for the number one, I went with the Ferengi at the end saying, Ah, Mariner, was I convincing enough for you, human? Yes. And I chose this as a great quote because it just sums up what happened in that last couple of scenes is that Mariner took one for the team because she wanted her guy to have his moment in 10 to brag that he knew something because when he threw down on that comm badge and she saw it and she didn't like that reaction, she wanted to do something to make him want to be a part of where he's at, where he's meant to be. And no. to see that little line and that little conversation at the end just goes to show that friendship, what it means to her and what he'll realize it means to him too down the road.
2: I like the yeah. fact that it it showed the hu- like human showed the humanity and that uh, she really has more depth to her mm-hmm. than she may initially mm-hmm. look like she does. I thought that was really and
0: the cool. Ferengi too because yeah, we've yeah. always been every season of a different show. We've been warned about the Ferengi, but you get mm-hmm. such a great character in Deep Space Nine, and they'll yep. here you see one in the cartoon. You're thinking, oh, here we go. It's going to be the TNG Ferengi, but nope. Exactly. He was helping out a friend.
3: Bill, what about you? Do you have a particular quote that you really enjoyed this week? My favorite has to be the one from the, from the, from the cold open, you know, the I shall make a feast of your misery. I can see myself using that line with trolls and gatekeepers uh, <laughs> on social media um, because I'm going to make a misery. I'm going to feast on their misery of, of, of my, my love for this show. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. they, they find a way to work in these elements. Uh, and we'll talk about that more in Deck 47. But um, what a great, great line.
2: I uh, I gotta say that um, I had two. One we already talked about, and I'll get to that in a second. But uh, Mariner's Dream, you know, b- b- Buried Alive, right? <laughs> Maroon for Eternity, m- Moons of Nebbia. Oh my god! I'm like, oh my god, this is great. Khan- K- Wrath of Khan throwing in right there. It was just, it was just awesome. But Sarah, you already talked about it. But uh, Computer, initiate combat simulation, Smorgasbord. That whoever does the voice for the security chief, he's great. I absolutely love and. I gotta remind me in case I forget. I have something to say about the security chief when we get to Portal 7 that I don't want to forget, so make sure you remind me. All right. Casey, what do you have for any special quotes?
1: I gotta say, once again, we had a nice my bones. <laughs> 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 I was like, okay, maybe this this might become a running gag. I don't know. We'll find out, but I dug it. Nice. I've loaded the appropriate decon gel into compartment B.
2: Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's obvious uh, that there's going to be a lot of goop in Lower Decks. We've seen it for two weeks in a row now. So in this segment, we're going to try and get a grip on all of that goop. Uh, And there was a lot of it flying around uh, this week. And Casey's trying to impersonate it right now on video. So it's a good thing that we don't have that to share. There was a lot of ramen noodle juice flying around that shuttlecraft. It was everywhere. I'm surprised things weren't shorting out. Uh, Ramen? ramen, What's ramen? Ramen. I, I don't ha- I don't eat it, so I don't oh. know how to pronounce it. Can I'm you sorry. speak? It's so good. Wow. Have you ever listened to me podcasting? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I was hoping you had improved. Uh, There was an awful lot of Klingon blood wine on that shuttlecraft, and Mm -hmm. it was going all over the place. And that was another good quote that we didn't talk about. When did you guys get flagons? (laughs) (laughs) I love that one, too. That was was a great one. And um, I really think we had a lot more Klingon puke than we really needed to see Mm. this week. That was going, to, and then he puked on himself. And yeah. I'm surprised, you know, you you, do, and, you, you can choke yeah. on your own vomit. That was dangerous. And right? he pooped on his sword. He man. did. He yes, did. We didn't he see did. that, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. lots of uh, lots of disgustingness in this week's episode. But this you know, I gotta say, I hope it happens every week.
3: <laughs> it really is. Oh, God. It brings up a lot of questions <laughs> it a does. lot a lot of right. questions what has happened to the empire for god's sake
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah how is it still an empire if these are the you know top notch dudes maybe they're
3: not
2: right
1: and, yeah. you're like, and
3: that mm. that shuttle's got to have a replicator cuz how is how did Mariner get four tubs of ramen noodles mm-hmm. from wherever she replicated them uh, to the shuttle bay no yeah. and the flagons uh, and and flagons, <laughs> flagons out of nowhere. Yeah, I liked how
2: we also had it's not not a, not part of the decon chamber, but in that scene, I liked how the um, batleth was once again a dangerous weapon. Because uh, I <laughs> yeah. we haven't really yeah. seen it as yeah. a dangerous weapon
3: until lower deck. So that was stabby
2: kinda... stabby all the yeah. time. Let's you know, I, I'm kind of wondering what
3: we're in store for next week with the goop, but uh, we'll just have to wait and see what what more can Boimler be drenched in is what I'm going to ask. <laughs> um, you know, well, Jack Quaid well. on, on The Boys, because he plays Boimler, gets covered in blood seemingly yeah. at least a couple a of lot. times a season. Yep. And now Boimler is getting covered with all kinds of of biomolecular matter. And um, I just, I, I'm going to start an online petition to give Jack Quaid a break, man.
2: <laughs> also, I just thought of it when you brought up the blood, like in the holodeck simulation for the bridge, uh, the two simulations that Rutherford did, they all got blood all over him when, they, when he smashed into uh, the top yeah, rift everything. and then the asteroid and jettisoned all the kids out into space. So blood, puke, juice, is, all kinds of stuff. Is
3: that the Janeway protocol?
2: Yeah, I was kind <laughs> <Out> of wondering. <laughs> out of anything? <laughs> it's like,
1: Ouch.
3: Well, folks, as
2: we move along, it's time for us to get in the lift and head all the way down to the lowest of the lower decks to discuss some other elements of this week's episode in Deck 47, sponsored by our dear friends over at Science Division.
3: They're the makers of the galaxy's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your very own smartphone. These brand new Tribbles will be an incredible addition to your Star Trek collection, and you can find out more at ScienceDIV.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun.
2: Okay, so I'm going to start it off because I didn't want to forget about it because I would forget, and I know none of you would have reminded me like I asked you to. Hey, Dan, it's it's time to say what you wanted to say. So we're reminding you. Security. Thanks, Casey. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. Now, I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. I know that. We know. Everybody knows that, yes. And I got to say, I watched this episode. (laughs) You know, We had had early screening to it, so I got to watch it a couple of weeks ago, and I did not realize until episode two that the chief of security was Bajoran. And the only time I realized he was Bajoran was when he watched Rutherford kick the Borg's ass and said, "By the profits. And I'm like, oh my God, he's got the earring. He's got the ridge nose. I never noticed it. I it's think because there's so gosh. much going on in these shows. My, I'm like in, Bill knows what I'm like when I go to Disney World. I'm like, oh, my God, look at everything. And this is what I'm like with Lower Decks. Oh, oh. I didn't even know it was.
3: Beautiful. Dude, That's you like that when wall. you go to work. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's like that when he looks at a
3: pillow. <laughs> That's just the working oh, lot they at bagels. Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no yeah. kidding.
2: So I love it. I think that, uh, I think it's great.
3: That's why yeah. this is the Star Trek universe <laughs> companion, everybody. That's that's You come here for the hot takes. That's the hottest of them all right Nobody there.
2: talks Trek like we talk. No right
3: one. No, no one. one.
2: <laughs> Thank God. That is, okay, you know what? That's all I'm talking about in Day 47 Sarah, what do you got?
0: Well, I only knew he was Bajoran because when I did the wow. embroidery of him, I was like, oh my gosh, these fine lines I have to do there for the go. nose bridge. I was like, nope, he's human. <laughs> Not, in this version, he's human. Um, I, one thing I didn't talk about in the quotes, um, much, but I really enjoyed just the Rutherford storyline. And I love how everyone reacted when he was like, I'm going to go somewhere else. They're like, oh, great for you. They'll be lucky to have you. Oh, bears. (laughs) Like just the fact that they're like a cub of bears that are working in security. I thought that was great. (laughs) And the fact that he did it to spend time with, um, Tindy, I think that's a cute little, like, I think something's happening. So, right. yeah, I thought yeah. that was a really great little sub story that I, I hadn't touched on. And it was a great way to kind of just see how some of the other areas work. Um, he's definitely not meant to be in the medical area, for sure. That poor yeah. guy was uh, <laughs> those percentages were going up, up, up. So uh, get him out of there <laughs> fast. And uh, yeah, I think he's where he needs to be.
2: Speaking of the of the of the sickbay scene, and we'll get to Casey and Bill's uh, comments in a second. I gotta say it was it was a short scene, but it was another great scene with the Doctor. Mm. This character is really great. Yeah, she's got that she's got that grit to her that really worked for mm-hmm. the look of her character. And uh, I I realized too that she was in. Um, she was in Forty Year Old Virgin. If mm-hmm. anybody's a big fan of yeah. that, movie. she's really good in that. And yeah. step brothers, yep, she's awesome. she's awesome. So I think they good. got the right pick. I mean, they've really gotten done a really great job on and all of the uh, deep... people that they've got for the cast. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, Casey, what do you got, buddy?
1: What I saw, what I thought was really interesting, and Sarah brought it up, is I saw you know that we saw that Rutherford was a little is a little smitten going <laughs> on there, but he's more smitten with engineering. Yes, mm-hmm. and. You know, especially at the end when he's just looking at the conduit little section in there in the Jeffrey's tube. He's just like, ah. He's so in love. And that he, I mean, he really digs it. And then also the very supportive nature of the upper deckers when he keeps saying he wants to move to a different area. Where you go, maybe these guys aren't dicks after all. And that, you know. No, it could yeah, because they're, they're quite supportive. I mean, they cheer him mm-hmm. in engineering, cheer him, and it's like you go. That's a nice, nice little twist. So we can see that there's depth to this. It's not just like, ah, oh, it's better
2: down here. They
1: don't care about us. It's like ah,
2: oh, there's layers. Layers. You just made me think of Shrek,
3: but that's a different story, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well, you know, starships are like onions. Exactly. Um, Thank
2: you. I'm glad you got that reference.
3: You know, I, I think the thing that I appreciate the most about this particular episode and Lower Decks overall is that there is great heart in this series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of comments online. Uh, you know, I was curious as to what the trolls would have to say. So I went looking at one point, and they're like, this show just doesn't understand Star Trek. And if you watch this episode and you think that this show doesn't get what Star Trek's about, mm-hmm. then I'm not so sure you understand Star Trek. Because in yep. this episode, we see people um, celebrating others and trying to build them up. Right, um, especially as Rutherford's on his quest. I mean, I'm happy anytime Paul Scheer shows up in anything, yes. but the fact that we get him in a Star Trek animated series is awesome. And I, I really enjoy his, his, uh, chief engineer Billups and, you know, cause Billups sounds like he's going to be really upset that Rutherford wants to leave. And he's like wicked excited. And he starts to cheer like you guys were talking about, <laughs> you know, and everywhere Rutherford goes, people demonstrate, oh, that's okay you know yeah. hey yeah. good luck you're going to do great you're going to do awesome and then you see that also with Mariner and Boimler you know where she goes to a little more greater lengths to show Boimler that that he matters and that he's where he belongs and i think that's the overriding message of this episode is um, be where you belong you know do what brings you joy Mm -hmm. Um, in Boimler's case, it's, it's being a Starfleet fanboy In Rutherford's case, it's, it's being in the tubes and, you know, chasing down problems in EPS conduits. Um, I I think that there's a a great lesson here and I'm glad that this show is taking time to teach those, Mm -hmm. um, and to really stand up to the heart of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And
2: if anybody doesn't doesn't realize the passion and the knowledge of Star Trek that these people have, take a listen to the discussion that we had with Mike McMahon this oh, week. Because so it's good. it's amazing getting that insight from from somebody who works on the show and the creator of the show. Mm-hmm. So right. anybody who thinks it's not Star Trek just isn't isn't watching and and isn't listening. Just the littlest things, like having a Vendorian show up from, you know, we had a TAS reference last week. We've got another one this week. We know we're going to get another one because of what we've seen in the coming attractions. That's love of Star Trek. And I think it's it's fantastic that we have uh, people working on the show. And so far, so good. They're two for two in my book. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. Without a doubt,
2: yeah. I mean, gatekeepers
1: are 0 for 17 on this. And it's like, (laughs) just open your mind, open your
2: eyes. Absolutely. So, Casey, uh, what do we got coming up next week, my man?
0: Long-range scan of planet complete.
1: Well, let me tell you. Next time on Discovering Trek, we'll continue 23 straight weeks of new Star Trek with the third episode of Lore Dex titled Temporal Edict. That's right, Edict. Mm. Well, the crew seems to face a crisis aboard ship, and time is not on their side. Thanks to Boimler, that turd. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere fine podcasts are found.
0: Yeah, I don't talk like that, so... (laughs) No one does. um, No one
3: does. I think Casey's getting paid by the second.
0: (laughs) I'm just going to list over some of these S words. Plus, (laughs) now you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon get access to the unedited audio of all our podcasts <laughs> uh, and a lot of other perks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I think the only to hot, us more. No. I think the only hot mess on our network right now is this one right here. <laughs> um, we'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We are so thankful for their support. Ken Tripp. Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, Kyle Castillo, Chaz Bradshaw, Kimberly Hartman, Christina Werther, Steph Leskew, Jim McMahon, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashion.
0: If you would like to support Discovering Trek, uh, yeah. And the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash Trek Geeks today, where subscription levels start at $1 a month.
3: That's amazing. The low, low price of $1. Of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other podcasts from the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Let's see, there's Polytrex, Rewind, Five-Year Mission, and the brand new Infinite Trek, providing even more discussion on Star Trek Lower Decks every Tuesday. To find all our podcasts and where to download them, visit trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do well done everybody my
2: goodness what? gracious an- another great discussion has come to an end my friends and it doesn't matter if you're an engineering sick bay, or security we're happy you've joined us as we talked about envoys as always a huge thank you to my amazing co hosts Sarah Casey and Bill for joining me here and, and we really can't wait to get together next week as we sit down to discuss episode 3 Temporal Edict until then grab some gawk some blood wine some good friends And never stop discovering.
0: Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson.